I am not a little afraid of water. I am a lot afraid of water. I've been on a few boats in my life. While everybody else is having a good time, I'm working rescue maneuvers in my mind. Yeah, what if a pontoon falls off and, and we fall in? Or what if the boat tips and we fall in? Or what if I sneeze too hard and I fall in? I'm scared speechless of water. Which made for a real fun five years in Florida, a state surrounded on three sides by water. While I was a youth pastor in Orlando, Pastor Hobson organized a deep-sea fishing trip for some of our young guys. We all piled into a 15-passenger van and drove down to Key West. This was one of those things that sounded like a good idea at the time. I've been to the ocean before, just not deep enough to be deep sea, but I'm fine with the deep sea fishing as long as I would be in a boat, not in the water. And one of the days on that trip was snorkel day. I looked at the brochures that looked harmless. All I have to do is stay in the boat. Let the other guys strap on a snorkel and swim, just me and my Sudoku puzzles in the boat. And for a while, everything was golden. I was in the boat, they were in the water. Life was good, but then I started hearing about how beautiful the fish were and how cool the water was and how colorful the coral. And a few of them started calling, Hey, come on in, man, get in. Uh, uh, no, no thanks, guys. I'm going to stay in the boat. Pastor Hobson bobbed up out of the water with all his scuba gear and said, Come on in, man, it's beautiful. So, no, no thanks, Pastor Hobson. I'm, I'm going to stay in the boat. Now, come on, man. You're not going to sink. You're going to be fine. God created us to float. Plus, you've got a life jacket. And then his closing argument to the jury of my fears. Think about it, LJ. When will you ever have this opportunity again? And down into the water he went. It was time to make a decision. Stay in the boat or get in the water. I surveyed the snorkelers. They were having fun. And none of them were sinking. Pastor Hobson was right. This may be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So against my better judgment and all my failed attempts at swimming, I tightened my life jacket, strapped on a snorkel, stretched one leg over the side of the boat and towed the water. And they were right. The water was fine. But I wasn't. I stretched my other leg over the boat and into the water, and I was still clutching the side of the boat like a first grader with a fudge pop. And now half of me was in the water, and half of me was hugging the boat. But I can't live like this, either get all the way in or get all the way out. In the water, back in the boat. It's do or die. The die part is what scared me. And what did I do? Well, I'll tell you all about that right after this. A good day to you, Simplify listeners. You are listening to L.J. Harry. I'm your host, and you're listening to The Fear of the Lord on Simplify. A few seconds later, I let go. The water was gently splashing just below my neck thanks to my trusty life jacket. And I was gently bobbing up and down on the top of the water. From where I was bobbing, I could see everybody swimming, their faces down and snorkels up. This really was a, a good, good trip. And I was a good, good youth pastor. It's who I was. It's who I was. I was even having a good time. But I haven't tried a snorkel yet. And then I thought, why not? 
I dipped my face in the ocean, looked through the goggles toward the ocean floor. I don't remember anything I saw. I yanked my soaked face out of the water, shook my head, and vowed never to do that again. And that's when I began to panic. I could see the ocean floor, but I remembered my training. Don't be deceived. You're going to see the ocean floor. It's clear all the way to the bottom, but it's still 30 feet below you. It'll look like you can just stretch your legs a little bit and stand on it, but unless you're four Goliaths tall, you're, you can't. Don't even try. Now the waves were pounding. <laughs> Whatever happened to gentle? They were hitting one side of my face and the other side like a boxer on Red Bull. And unless my eyes were lying to me, the boat I rode on and the guys I rode with, they were getting smaller. I squinted. They were getting smaller. The current was pushing me away from the boat into the deep, deep sea. And that's when I really began to panic. I screamed out, Pastor Hobson! Pastor Hobson, help! You could hear my scream in Brazil. Pastor Hobson surfaced just in time to see me drifting away, clutching my life jacket, flailing my arms, shrieking like a tornado siren. And he started swimming toward me. When he got to me, I grabbed onto him so tight, I knocked one of his scuba flippers off. And he tried to calm me down, but I would not be calmed. I was adrift at sea. This was it. Goodbye, world. Goodbye. Tell Andrea I loved her. He said, LJ, calm down. Isn't the sky beautiful? And I said, I don't know. My eyes are closed. And I started to drag him under. And now we're both in danger. And he said, you better calm down or I'm going to deck you so I can save your life. And that calmed me down. He told me back to the boat. I could have kissed that little boat. Our day was done. Everybody else got out of the water, back into the boat. Our trip was over. We all motored back to the shore in deafening silence. I am scared to death of water. But I'm not alone, and neither is water. Millions of people are afraid of thousands of things. The very mention of the word fear incites fear. Our blood pressure rises, our hearts race, our knees knock. Fear reminds us there are things in this life like spiders and snakes and storms that scare us half to death. But there is another fear. You can't even make it to the begats in your Bible without coming face to face with a familiar phrase, the fear of the Lord. But the fear of the Lord is not the same as the fear of lightning. I've yet to see somebody run in the middle of an Ohio farm in the middle of a thunderstorm waving a nine iron. When lightning strikes, most people run away from it because the fear of lightning implies terror. But the fear of the Lord implies reverence. When the glory of God fills his house or our house, we don't run for the exits. Rather, we run to the altar or stand or bow or kneel in reverence in awe of the awesome presence of Almighty God. We run to get closer to him, not farther from him. Because to fear the Lord is not to be afraid of him. It's to be in awe of him. We don't fear the Lord because we're afraid he'll hurt us, that he'll pound us with hail or send us to hell. We fear the Lord to keep us from hurting him. That's what Moses told Israel at the base of the mountain. Let's take a trip to a church service already in progress. It's just us and two million others, so anybody afraid of crowds, you might want to check out of the story now and, and catch us again at the theme music at the end of this episode. God has just delivered Israel from the heavy hand of Egyptian slave drivers. They'll never have to build another brick for Pharaoh or feel the searing sting of Egypt's whips on their backs and watch helplessly as their helpless babies drown in the Nile. And suddenly the miraculous happens. That massive mountain is engulfed in smoke and begins to quake, and we can hear the blast of a trumpet as God himself speaks and gives the Ten Commandments. 
Thunder rolled, lightning flashed, a trumpet bellowed, smoke billowed. God shrouded himself in darkness so thick you could feel it. And Exodus 20 verse 18 reads, Now all the people witnessed the thunder, the lightning, the trumpet, and the smoke. And when they saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. And they said to Moses, You speak with us and we will hear, but don't let God speak with us. We're afraid we'll die. They were so fearful. They were afraid if they did or said anything wrong, they would die in the presence of God. And listen to Moses' response to their request. He said, fear not. Oh, yeah, that's easy for you to say, Moses. You're the one with the magic wand that opens oceans. Fear not, for God has come to test you that his fear may be before you, so you will not sin. Fear of the Lord is not to run from God. The fear of the Lord is to run from sin. The thunder, the lightning, the smoke, the cloud, the trumpet, that was just an ice chip off the iceberg. God could have showed them to show them how awesome he is. But God did all that so they would fear him and not sin. God did not want them to run from him. He wanted them to run from sin. The same is true with us. The fear of the Lord is not so we run from God. It's so we run from sin. When we have to make a choice, do I want to do what I want to do or do I want to do what he wants me to do? The fear of the Lord will push us to please him because we love him, we revere him, we fear him. When is the last time we shook in the presence of God? I love to shout, but when's the last time we shook? When is the last time someone sang a song like Great I Am and we trembled realizing we were singing more than lyrics, but we were singing to the Great I Am? Or have we become so familiar with God we no longer fear him? Have we become so familiar with feeling the presence of God, we no longer fear the God we feel? Ah, fear not, LJ, that's never going to happen. Yeah, they thought the same thing. But that was when God's voice sounded like thunder. But fast forward 12 short chapters and God's voice is silent. The people are bored and they knock on the assistant pastor's door and ask him to make a golden God they could worship. And Aaron fashions a golden calf. Aaron was a few yards short of a football field. As he pointed to a lifeless calf, he just built and preached, this is the God who brought you out of Egypt. When we read the story, we're incredulous. How could they be so irreverent? It's because they lost their fear of the Lord. While Moses was on the mountain hearing from God, they were at the foot of the mountain, distant from God. And this is what they said. We don't know what's become of this man, Moses, who brought us out of Egypt. Did you hear that? Let me, let me replay it. We don't know what happened to the man Moses. He brought us out of Egypt. Right there. They thought Moses brought them out of Egypt. Moses led them and he stretched out his hand, but make no mistake, Almighty God brought them out of Egypt. So when I watch the replay, it appears Israel fumbled the fear of the Lord when they saw themselves as a people led only by people rather than a people led by God. Which is why they no longer lived for God when the man of God was no longer watching. If we see ourselves as people led only by people, we will do right just as long as people are watching. But when we close our door and open our screen, we'll watch whatever we want because we think no one is watching. That's why we need a fresh baptism of the fear of the Lord. I don't live holy because I fear the pastor. I live holy because I fear the Lord. We've got to get this deep in our heart. I want to be in awe of him again. I want to be amazed by him again. My favorite singer doesn't have to sing my favorite song in my favorite key. 
You don't have to pump me up or cheerlead me or guilt me into worship or into giving or into living holy and righteous in this unrighteous world. I worship God. I live for him because I'm in awe of him. My prayer, I hope it's your prayer, is God baptize us with a fresh fear of the Lord. Let's make that our prayer right now. Would you pray it with me? Lord Jesus, baptize us tonight. Baptize us today with a fresh fear of the Lord. Baptize us, Lord. I want to once again tremble in your presence. I don't want to become so familiar and cavalier and casual with the presence of God, but I I still want to have that awe, that reverence, that fear of the Lord in my heart that will keep me from sinning and help me to live holy and live righteously. I pray today, Jesus, baptize your church. Baptize us with a fear of the Lord that will help us to stay in awe and reverent awe and fear of who you are and how awesome you are. I pray do it, Lord, all across our world. Baptize us once more and do it today with a fresh fear of the Lord. In the name, in the name of the Lord God Almighty, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hey, thank you so much, Simplify listeners. I really hope this episode's been a blessing and even convicted you as it has convicted me to ask God to baptize us with a fresh fear of the Lord. Be sure to click subscribe and share and you'll never miss an episode and neither will any of all of your friends. They won't have to miss one single solitary episode of Simplify. And speaking of all those episodes of Simplify, once again, I want to give thanks to all of those who are listening, who are subscribing, who are sharing. We are astoundingly close to 100,000 downloads. As of this recording, we are at 96,500 downloads. We're supposed to be hitting that around 200 episodes, but we're here on the 162nd episode. So we are breaking our pace, and I'm so thankful for your loyalty or first time listening. Thanks for your loyalty by faith to Simplify. Be sure to pick up a couple resources. I've got for you Simplify the Devotional and 10 Words, a practical look at the Ten Commandments, both available at PentecostalPublishing.com, both available on Amazon for Kindle. Only 10 Words is available on Audible, but I am working on getting Simplify on Audible as well. And you can find Simplify and 10 Words at our charming bookstore here in scenic, colonial, historic Mount Vernon, Ohio, at the corner of South Main and West Ohio Avenue. Next week, I want to share with you a devotion called The Birdhouse and the Bird Feeder. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week, and always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.